Welcome to Events Heist, the podcast game show about post-COVID events and the event professionals that run them. In this episode, you're going to be hearing from Sabrina Myers and Robert Dunsmore. Sabrina is the founder of Hot Hospitality Exchange. She started in hospitality sales, transitioned to event planning, and is now focused on helping event professionals with their social media. Listen to her hilarious story involving a vagina room at an event. Robert is a freelance creative director providing new ideas for events and experiences. Hear him explain how events belong to the audience, how every event should have a bookstore and an anti-networking event he designed in 2020. So Sabrina, you've rolled a two and you're up the ladder. Okay, so Sabrina, how many events have you been involved in in your professional career? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Um, I don't actually count them, but um, I want to say in my professional career, definitely more than 50 is accurate. I would have probably lost count at about 30. (laughs) 50 is pretty accurate. Okay, Robert, you've rolled a one. Oh, not so good. Robert, how many? (laughs) It's all right. It's a long game. It's a very long game. Uh, how many years have you been in events? Um, more than more than I can count. Um, I don't know, 20 years, 25 years, probably more. Okay, Sabrina, you have rolled a one. <laughs> Tell us about the biggest event that you've been involved in. <laughs> Oh, exciting. Okay, so the biggest event that I've ever been involved in actually happened just before the entire world shut down, before the pandemic. Um, It was an event uh, for our corporate client. I was uh, freelancing as part of a larger uh, team for a local uh, German agency, Um, and it was for IBM, and it was eight, I think, I think we're talking almost eight and a half thousand attendees at the Sands Expo in Las Vegas. And it was a five day long um, uh, kind of uh, kickoff for the year. And they brought together um, all the regions from the world to Las Vegas to uh, kind of kick off independently and then as well as together. So it was pretty crazy. It was uh, we, I was part of a team of uh 15 um and yeah we didn't sleep and it was a lot of fun <laughs> okay robert you rolled a one and you're up the ladder too there you go up the ladder so I'm remember you can ladder. use lifeline <laughs> awesome uh same question to you robert how many events have you been involved in in your professional career a professional career um i don't actually run events i'm a ideas creator so um for me well involved in yeah i've, I've worked on two three hundred events comfortably um over my career but to be honest, it's the one that happens next that's the one that i get excited about as sabrina said earlier on you don't actually lose you, you don't cold count you don't um have a number in your mind it's the one that you're working on next which is the most important but must be at least two to three hundred comfortably 
So tell, tell me about the first event you remember organizing. So it can be professional, can be as a kid, doesn't really matter. Just the first one that pops into mind. I think the first one that I have in my memory would have to be a surprise birthday party that I organized for my bestest friend in the whole world. I've known her since I was two. Uh, we're still very, very good friends. Um, and she was living at the time in Australia, in Sydney, and she was planning to come back and visit her parents. And so I kind of worked together with her parents to orchestrate this incredible surprise birthday party as soon as she entered the doors. Tell us about how you got into events in the events industry. Um, I got into events by accident, as people back in the day did. Um, I'd gone to art college, um, wasn't sure about art college. I went and did structural engineering afterwards. I wasn't sure about structural engineers. And I got a job um, at a large telecom company um, because I was doing drawings and stuff for them and whatever. And I think the first time I did something for them, they were doing a float at some like Lord Mayor show type thing or whatever. And someone said he went to art college. What's your favorite post-event junk food, drink, de-stressing activity? The first thing I'm really going to want and my go-to is um, a Diet Coke, uh, preferably like ridiculously carbonated, like the kind that you get from McDonald's um, and McDonald's French fries. So tell us about the the first event that you remember organizing uh, maybe as a kid. I don't remember organising anything. I don't remember much of a kid to, a, at all, to be honest. But um, and I don't organise many events. You know, apart from when I've been a member of uh, like ILEA or MPI, and I and I ran the programmes for them. So I organised events then. But the only or, the last event I organised was about three years ago, and um, it was an event, a networking event, and I was bored of networking events, so I did an anti-networking event. How did you get into a, into the events industry? So I started my career in hotels as a sales coordinator for, back then, Starwood, uh, who are now Marriott, uh, in Australia, actually, in Sydney, at the uh, uh, Sheraton on the Park, right in front of Hyde Park, and my boss, after a year into that job, um, decided he wanted to start his own event, full service event management agency. Um, and he wanted someone to open up the London office for that agency. And so he picked me. Wow. Oh, hey. What is it that you love or hate about events? Uh, the same thing, um, the clients. If you've got a client who doesn't want to do something or doesn't want to change, I can't really help them because my job is to change things, to, to, to make things different all the time. So that's always um, a problem. The thing that I love about events is when you've got a client who knows that they have to change things and they really want to go for it. Okay, same question. What do you love or hate about events? You know, what I love about it is I can be so in it and I'm just like doing everything continuously. I'm, you know, um, not seeing the hours go by um, and I'm completely in this vacuum. But what I hate about it is that as well, because you have this, you know, sometimes you lose control and you're doing something until three o'clock in the morning and you're like what am I still doing up at three o'clock in the morning what do you miss the most about in-person events and and what do you not miss in person I really miss the audience because that's who you're doing it for in the first place and when you're at an in-person event um, I'm in the background I stand behind people I'm on people's shoulders 
And once you've made something, you watch how people move, you watch how they drink in what you've given them, you watch how they respond to the touch points that you've created, which are now theirs. Um, so I miss that, obviously, because you can't have that with, um, with virtual or with digital. Okay, Sabrina, you wrote a five. Oh, Damn. no. Uh, can you describe the moment you knew COVID was going to turn the industry upside down? We, it was, I want to say it was a very bittersweet experience because whilst we were in the eye of the storm and we were managing this event and it was amazing and we were having all those experiences that event professionals have with their teams and the audience and attendees and ups and downs, um, there was this underlying uncomfortable feeling that something wasn't right. Um, you know, we were getting overwhelming questions about hand sanitizer and, you know, what are the numbers and, you know, questions that you normally wouldn't get. And people were, I guess, a lot more, um, uh, not so free. They, they weren't so, lib like they weren't open, you know, they were very cautious. Mm. Um, and, you know, when, when 8,000 people are having that, feeling it does affect the vibe of an event uh robert you wrote a four down the same manhole there you go what, what about you robert um do you remember the moment that you thought to yourself covid was going to change everything the world that we live in is this sort of you know gradually suddenly inevitably and suddenly things were being cancelled you know mobile congress work was going um events that I was working on, they were being pulled left, right and centre, all the planning that for all the jobs that you worked on pretty much stopped. And as a freelancer, all of, they don't want to pay you if they're not going to get something off you. So you would, I was dropped like a stone. So I knew something was happening. That was a suddenly. Um, then the suddenly has, goes for a certain amount of time. And then you get to inevitable where everyone knows exactly what is happening. And the inevitable thing happens incredibly quick, because we're not ready for it. And we and we ignored it. Okay, Sabrina, you wrote a five. I think you're going to go back down the same manhole. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, Sabrina, what do you miss the most about in-person events and what do you not miss? I don't miss the headaches that I have um, the day after the evenings. But I, I do, um, what I miss is, this always happens at in-person events, the serendipitous meetings and the spontaneous experiences that happen after those meetings so you know you don't know who you're going to meet I always call it the the red carpet you know when you go to a trade show um, and for example and you don't know who you're going to meet it might be someone you've worked with five years ago on an event or you had you worked with in a job um, in another continent and uh, all of a sudden you meet them and it becomes this thing and you're like hey let's meet up let's do this why don't you join me I'm going for dinner we're checking out this great restaurant tonight in Barcelona because you know for IBTM for example. Tom what industries have you been involved in events for and what was your favorite? I'm completely ambivalent to what I work in so you know recently more recently I've been working in finance automotive um, hospitality, because that's where the work has come from. You know, I'm, I'm a design prostitute. I only work for people that, that will, that want me to work for them. So that's, that sort of thing um, means that I end up working in different things. And, and I will work in any industry apart from defense. I won't work on arms. And so, um, but apart from that, I'll work on just about anything. Tell us about your fantasy event. 
I think it would bring together all the things I love, which is um, food, fashion, travel, and social media. Just, you know, like all the crazy stuff that influencers do. Have you met any celebrities on the job? It was the year that um, Back to Black, Amy Winehouse was up for it, should have won it, it didn't. Um, great songwriter. And she was having a lot of problems with drugs and stuff at the time, and so the press were all over it. So when she did the rehearsal, and I love the rehearsals at music shows, because of the rehearsals, they would do the number, and then, then you, do, you, you will want lots of camera shots, and so they'll just jam. And that's the best time to hear people. For, her, for Amy Winehouse, they kept her really, really quiet, um, they snuck her in when there was only six or seven people in the room and every hammer, every nail, every paintbrush dropped as she sung um, half a cappello and half with just a guitarist. And it was beautiful and moving and absolutely gorgeous. And the room just fell silent. Tell me about virtual events. Are you a fan? Not a fan? I'm a fan of the right virtual event. I've been part of some really amazing virtual events um, that have that are now etched in my memory that I am so happy that I was a part of. Uh, I, I, for example, moderated three days uh, of Swap Cards Evolve 2.0. Um, and I had so much fun um, because you were so integrated into the team. And, you know, it was so, yeah, for me, it was very surreal to be feeling all those things but be sitting in front of my computer. So in a way, it kind of busted quite a lot of myths that I had in my head that you can achieve these things when you're in a virtual space. Okay, Robert, you've wrote a six. Oh, oh yeah, nice. you. Have you read or watched anything recently that you'd share with other event professionals? I, I, it's, it's something that I think, I think every event should have a bookstore uh, where the people who are coming to the event, the audience should recommend books that they read, both professional and personal, like the 2020 thing. And then you have a leaderboard because there's so much, crowds have so many talents and crowds have, um, they can do things incredibly quickly and crowds can, can change very, very quickly. So if they would, if you allow your crowd, your event crowd, your audience to share what they're reading, what books they're, they're looking at, maybe um, shows that they're looking at as well, um, and you made that into a, a leaderboard, it gamifies things, it's a shared experience, it's shared knowledge, and you're also finding out about people. So I'm curious, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned that, um, that you'd, met, you'd never met Robert before. And so how did that come about? Because it's not something you hear a lot of people connecting on a virtual event and then subsequently keeping in touch. So tell us a bit about that, I'm, I'm curious. So me and Robert are part of this amazing community of event professionals, and we call ourselves the Micefluencers. And we have a little Instagram chat group. Um, gosh, Robert, I think it's been going for over a year now. Um, and every day we talk to each other in some way, shape or form. We're saying hello to each other. How are you? We're sharing our issues. We're sharing our questions. Um, it's almost kind of become like, yeah, my, my little family. Tell us about your fantasy event. What's, what would be the Robert event? They have to have a purpose. And uh, actually, there was a thing on Clubhouse that, that did exactly this, Desert Island um, events. 
And every Friday you were put on the spot and you had to come up with a new event. And um, it was a good fun thing to do. It's also, it was really good for your creative muscles because it made you come up with ideas super quick because you were making connections super quick. But every event has to have a purpose. The purpose is, is is the reason that the event exists. The purpose is the reason people use it. The purpose is the reason people come. Do you have any good uh, event war stories you'd like to share? It's a beautiful hotel. You know, the event was for about 400 people. Um, They have event space that is, um, you know, spread out on three different floors. So, of course, all the meeting rooms are named after um, um, uh, gods. And, um, And so some of the names might be difficult to pronounce. Um, so we had a lot of American attendees as well. So one afternoon, um, I was, there was, so how the hotel is structured out is there's this big staircase that comes down to the first foyer where all the coffee breaks and everything is laid out. So everyone comes out of their rooms and they help themselves. And as I was walking down, I had one of the speakers, part of the executive team, whatever, come up to me really loudly. I think he I don't know where he was from, but he has a very strong American accent. And he goes, point blank, super loud. Sabrina, can you tell me where the vagina room is? And I was like, (laughs) I almost, I didn't know what to do. And (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) And I knew exactly which room he was talking about. It was a, it's a, it's a smaller room right at the bottom floor at the corner. Um, and it's actually called Virgin, right? So it's V-E-R-G-H-I-N-A. Um, of course, everyone around was just like, just bust out laughing. I'm standing in the middle of this staircase. He's like, asked me this question and I'm like, yes, let me take you there. Same question, Robert. Any any funny, crazy stories you want to share? I've I've got one for. I'll, I'll stay with the with the potty humor, but just a quick one. But it's not as good as Sabrina's. I nearly got sacked for being spending too long in okay. the toilet. And I was at a CBI CBI conference. They're a big um, confederation of business um, industry, and you have prime ministers and whatever speaking at it and stuff like that. Um, big security thing. So you know, before it opens, you have dogs and whatever coming around and you have to screen everything you know high high security and um i'm freelance so again i'm on comms it's all like normal um i went to the bathroom and the door closed behind me and then lots of security guys turned up and i wasn't allowed to leave because hank paulson who was speaking at the conference who was the Secretary of State for the Treasury at the time of the United States government. He was coming in, so there's full security. Everyone in there was was told not to leave. You had to stay there until he'd done his ablutions and so forth. I went went out however many minutes later, and I got absolutely ripped for, where have you been? What have you, where have you been doing? What have you been, where, I got locked, I was in the toilet. So I nearly got sacked for being in the toilet. Locked in the toilet. If you could have an event pet, so a pet, a pet that you take to an in-person event, what would it be? I would take a ferret. Just because I love the ferret in Along Came Polly. Okay. 
And it was a blind ferret that was bumping into everything, but it was the most adorable thing I'd ever seen. So what do you think the future of events in the next two to three years will look like? Predominantly um, digital. Because that, that's, it's where we've come to now in, in the, the old model that we knew has been smashed and, and in many cases it won't be relevant anymore. There'll still be, there will still be shows, you know, if you're doing a machine tools or you're doing something with aeronautics, then you need to do an in-person thing because it's an experience. But um, technology is an enabler and technology can make things burdenless, but then technology is also a burden. So, you know, years ago, we had people do our banking for us or help us with shopping or whatever and where for. And now we do it all ourselves. We do the banking. We do the administration. We do all the logistics for our shopping because we've got other people who set stuff up. And the same thing is going to happen with events where events, there's going to be more and more of them, but they're going to be smaller and smaller. What is the weirdest food you've ever eaten at an event? I don't think I've eaten anything supremely weird at an event. Lifeline. I'm going to lifeline it to Robert. Okay. <laughs> yeah, generally the weirdest stuff, I, I did a, um, an exhibit for a company called Dehydration Technologies or whatever it was. And so they're, they're fresh foods, but they have been dehydrated so that they can be moved around and, and don't have preservatives. So it's instead of salt or sugar and all that sort of bad stuff. Um, so what they what we did was because people didn't understand what it was and so the whole stand was actually this giant festival of tasting um and so nothing looks like it's supposed to look nothing nothing looks particularly appetizing but when you put it in it's it's like fresh food hidden in plain sight but when you put that strawberry mm -hmm. or that piece of brown something or other on your tongue and the strawberry or the raspberry flavor came or, or whatever it was that can be used to make cakes and so forth. Um, it looked weird, but it tasted real. Very cool. That's cool. Okay, Sabrina, uh, you were waiting for your role. Lorraine. <laughs> okay. All right, I think there's some problems with dice wrong. Okay, four. You wrote a four. You need exact numbers to uh, read them in, so you'll bounce back off one counter. There you go. Give All me right, one so, sec, so Bab, one sec. My, my son is just screaming outside the door. One. Yeah. <laughs> now, nah, go, go ahead, please. I'm feeling a call, darling. Yeah, I'm I Give me 10 more minutes. Yeah, it's fa fascinating um, what you were talking about, Robert, because I'm with you. I, I, I think it's, uh, it's not an opinion about the future of events that's popular, but I, I agree. Okay, back to you, Sabrina. You wrote a four. Okay, you're next to the mint. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you the same questions. What are the trends that you see occurring in the industry in the next, say, two years, three years? So I think what's been really interesting and what I, what I think I'm, we're going to be seeing more of is people taking chances and experimenting. And um, because I think that whole Pandora's box of risk and everything is, is pretty much shot wide open. What's your take on hybrid events? The first thing is that there isn't one hybrid event. There isn't one format. Everyone's searching for a format. How do we do a hybrid or how do we do this or how do we do that? It's not. The question is, how do you want to do your event? What do your audience need? Is your audience predominantly online or is your audience predominantly in person? 
And the answer to that is almost certainly the audience is predominantly online. So therefore do a digital first product, get the digital right, be truly innovative, exactly as Sabrina just said, um, get better at doing that, and then add an in-person experience, which might be a luxury experience or a showcase experience, which will be part of that campaign. Because Sabrina, you've rolled a four, and because we have hit the hour mark, you will be the winner. What do you see the role of social and communities? How do you see that happening now and progressing for, say, the next you know year or so? Um, I think that social um, is going to be, if not already, put being put at the forefront of building this 365-day community that so many organizations are now striving for because I think they're realizing that you can't just base your engagement on the one-off event. You know, you can get engagement if you plug in an already engaged community into your events. And the opportunity that you have to do that and the tools that you have to do that are social media. You know, it's, it's creating not just the intranets, but using the extranets, which are your digital, you know, your social media channels, you know, having those Twitter accounts and those, you know, Instagrams and LinkedIn's and whatnot that you've chosen to use for your organization or your events. Well, uh, I think we'll end it there. Thanks for being guests of Event Heist. And it's been amazing having you on. It's been a great, um, a great discussion. Mm-hmm.